Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Tutel and Nuanez, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Howdy, great to be with you across the state of Montana. Thank you so very much. We are aware that we have been experiencing some issues today, which uh, have resulted in, well, not rage against the machine off the top, which is so very disappointing. It's really why I listen right at the get. I mean, also, I have to be here. It's part of the requirement for my job. But really, that's the hook. You know what I mean? Testify. Uh, and also, uh, some other, you know, well, we're, 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 let's put it like this. We're aware and we're working through it. And at the end of the day, you got us. So it's all good. Two-Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Thursday afternoon. Hope you are having a spectacular day. Thanks for being with us, letting us ride along with you as we get eh, a little closer to the weekend. We're first week of December. How about that? I'm happy about this. Got ourselves into the best month of the year for crying out loud and, uh, you know, reeling in 2021 ever so slowly. Anyhow, uh, if you would like to be a part of the show, feel free. 361-3688. The phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Again, 361-3688. That phone number. If you want to text that line as well, you are welcome to do so. We will get it. Reese will relay the information that you text to us up here, and uh, you know we will decide whether or not we 
want to disseminate it, whether it's relevant, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure it will be, and we will get you going on that. Uh, if you want to listen live, you can do so as well on the stream, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is available all the time, thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Today on the show, Big Sky Conference men's basketball opening day. Well, women's as well, but just not for the Lady Grizz, as it turns out. It was supposed to be, but it ain't. But it is for the men who are in Cedar City, 7 o'clock or three hours from opening tip between the Thunderbirds of Southern Utah and the Grizzlies of Montana and thus the 2020-2021 Big Sky Conference season, which is the only thing that's happened early, I think, in this whole calendar year. Bizarre that they moved it up. So we have this two-game uh, conference opening weekend here in December. Then the rest of conference play will begin uh, in January. By the way, again, Montana State not playing today because every team gets based. They have they have uh, 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 20 games scheduled in 10 two-game pairings uh, over the course of 11 weeks. And so there's a bye week in there. And Montana State, I guess, just drew the short card and has this like quote-unquote bye week as the first week, but it's this already outlier island anyway, so it's very odd that way for the Bobcats. Well, it's actually about uh, two-thirds of the league gets the uh, gets the bye here early. So so Montana and Southern Utah, and then uh, Sacramento State and Idaho, those are the four schools that will engage in conference play tonight. And uh, then there's no other conference games on the schedule then until January. And Montana has uh, a, a couple of games that are once, or, you know, are home and home games with Eastern Washington, Montana State as well, right. that they'll do over the course of weekends as well. So we'll you know, obviously go through the schedule a little bit more uh, as we get further down the road. But most importantly is tonight, Montana and Southern Utah, and then now they're scheduled, uh, and ho- hopefully everything goes well, to play again Saturday, high noon, 12 o'clock on Saturday. So, I mean, what is that? Like it's 41 hours away from opening tip to opening tip. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. But looking forward to this game, we'll get into it a little bit. In half an hour from now, Barrett Peary, the head coach of the Portland State University men's basketball team, uh, favorite of ours on this show. He's been very good to us to come on here and uh, a great guy to talk to. And Portland State been in a very tough situation from a practice standpoint. That is to say, they have not been allowed to do so uh, until very recently. They play the Portland Pilots, okay, Portland Pilots, uh, coached by Terry Porter, by the way, there in the city of Portland on Saturday. But we'll get uh, Coach Peary on here and kind of get his thoughts, a little overview of, of what has befallen his team in not just Oregon, but obviously in one of the major metropolitan areas uh, on the West Coast and uh, in in Portland there. So we will also get into uh, our NFL picks against the spread. Josh Gordon reinstated once again by the NFL should be available the last two weeks to the Seattle Seahawks if they care to have him. Uh, Kind of an interesting development there. And Soren Sievert is... uh, committing ultimately to the University of Montana to play football. Obviously one of the plethora of outstanding football players from the Sentinel Spartan football team, state champion. And, uh, you know, was kind of hemming and hawing a little bit about what he was going to do or if he was going to try and pursue football. And guess what? When all your buddies are doing it, then you go, hey, throw me in that boat. Let's go. Let's go do it. So uh, good for him. So we'll get into all that. So there you go. That is the Thursday show today. Uh, Coulter. Grizzlies, Thunderbirds tonight, Montana, Southern Utah. I am uh, just thrilled that we have basketball, and this game is going to happen. Uh, and, and I mean, at this point, 
what you just have to be happy about is is games that are played. You turn on the TV, in this case Pluto Television, if you're if you're looking for it on the uh, TV side of things, and you get to watch it, and you know whatever the outcome or whatever. I mean, you just sit there and you go, okay, we got basketball. That said, Southern Utah. Um, was a thorn in Montana's side last year, to say the least. The Grizzlies won in Cedar City by two points. I think it was 62-60, the final of that basketball game, about the midway point of the conference season last year. And then on senior night, as we talked about with their head coach, uh, Southern Utah head coach Todd Simon, yesterday, they beat the Grizzlies in overtime on senior night, which proved to be the last game of the season, the last game of Saeed Pridget's career. In Dahlberg Arena, 85-80 in, in, in uh, overtime. So this is a game that is going to have a little edge to it. And frankly, Todd Simon said as much. He said, you know, these games are competitive. We get up for these games. And I expect some physicality. I expect some some banging to go on. And the other thing is, these are two of the bigger teams in the Big Sky Conference now. You know, it's yeah. so interesting. Montana, Travis DeCure took over. The narrative surrounding what he wanted to do was move out to the perimeter. It's the narrative surrounding basketball as a game, as a sport. But... Uh, he's gotten a couple very talented big men in through 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 transfers, through recruiting, and so forth. And they still have some. Obviously, I mean, they're very deep at the guard spots, but they are going to work the interior of that thing. And you know what? Southern Utah likes to do that as well. There are not that many teams in the Big Sky that do. So this could be a very physical game in that respect as well. College basketball, and just broadly. <clears throat> The defensive schematic side of things uh, is uh, maybe an undertold portion of the game. A lot of different schools run a lot of different types of defense. I mean, Mm -hmm. defensive basketball in college hoops is pretty complicated. I mean, you watched Montana State against Pacific yesterday. Pacific was running all sorts of different stuff. They were running like this sort of like a matchup zone sometimes. Sometimes they were just manning you up. The, the way you switch things is pretty complex, and we've seen that with the Grizzlies as well. I mean, so there's been some times when they've really relied heavily on, like, the pack line defense that's made so famous by, you know, Tony Bennett at Virginia, but also uh, sometimes they just straight mania, and the way that they switch stuff, they've they've evolved in that element of it. And, and um, like, when they had Fabio and Krizlovich, they could switch a lot more things than when they had guys like Mac Anderson or uh, Jamara Coe. Depending on who your bigs are, you, you run a lot of different defenses. The thing that's going to be so fun about this game tonight, I think this is exactly what we saw in Cedar City last year, too. Both these schools take the complicated nature of defense out of it when they play each other. Mm. Man up. Bring it. One, me versus you, us yeah. versus your, your, my five versus your five. Let's go. They're not going to be a ton of schematic adjustments. It's going to be more, hey, who's tougher? Who's 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 stronger? Who's bigger? So, so I let think me that, ask that's going to be the interesting then, part. Who? What? What are? What are you looking for? I mean, we expect well, that sort of. We we expect it to be a very competitive game. Obviously, yep. the first game. I think you're going to get a lot. Your first conference game, and the fact that it is a conference game, and also the matchup, maybe a little bit from last year, carrying over to this yep. year. But what w- what are you looking for basketball wise tonight? Well, first of all, Ivan Madunich, who is one of the only true seven footers in the Big Sky Conference, mm-hmm. he's back. He redshirted last year. He was a good player two years ago. He's a good rim protector. He's not necessarily going to be that. Uh, dominant offensively, but he just gives you such a huge presence in the paint on right. both sides of the ball. So that's a, that's somewhere where he Southern Utah can answer what Montana is going to bring with the likes of Michael Stemmen and Josh Bannon up front. Harrison Butler, to me, for Southern Utah, is what Montana hopes Derek Carr Hollinger becomes. Mm. So uh, Harrison Butler is a six foot five, 
we'll call him a forward, but he's he's a he's a wing, but he's a power forward. Yeah, he's a great hitter. Supposed very great, stout, very strong kid, and and, and very high. Shorts. One of the funniest yeah. players in the Big Sky Conference, Harrison Butler, never shuts it off. He is one of the most high motor guys. Love Anybody it. that's ever seen it, he rolls his shorts all the way up. He's wearing his compression shorts, and and his shorts are not lower than than his than his underwear, basically. Um, but I, I think that the way he plays, he's very Dennis Rodman like, yep. where he's very antagonistic. I find him incredibly fun to watch. I mean, he he is one of the most loony, high motor, aggressive players in the league. But uh, but he gives you such a, a an interesting, unique thing in the league because he can step out and hit the three. But he's also going to kill you on the offensive glass if you don't box him out. And he can also change the game defensively because he plays so hard. So I think that's a, a pretty good parallel, too. So now you have Derek Carter-Hollinger needing to step up because he Derek Carter-Hollinger really struggled at USC. Most of it wasn't his fault. I mean, he, uh, I mean, fouls are sometimes your fault. But he got into early foul trouble. He only got to play 13 minutes. He never got in the flow of the game. Mm-hmm. But we know his level of talent. I mean, he's the reigning Big Sky Conference freshman of the year. But to me, the key for this to this game for the Grizzlies is somebody in the backcourt has to stay, step up and, and take charge, particularly on defense. Because Southern Utah has arguably the most uh, experienced and most explosive backcourt in the entire Big Sky Conference. Dre Marine's a four-year starter. He's never really gotten a chance to have it be his show because they've had so many different scorers and you know, guys that are playing alongside him, but he's always been solid. He's always been, you know, an eight, eight points and four assists type guy every night out. But now he's a senior. He's running the show. He's going to be able to control the tempo. But to me, the most explosive player, perhaps in the entire league, off the wing is John Knight III. Yeah. I mean, he, he is one of the great athletes that we have in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, he's a former junior college transfer who spent uh, half a minute at Utah State. Uh, again, Todd Simon likes to recruit himself some personalities. If you, if we ever, if we'll, we'll as media guys, we'll get to go to a, a few games. But if, if anybody out there ever gets a chance to go to some games again, which we will, I promise you, it's gonna, it's gonna happen gonna someday. Happen. Gonna happen. But don't go to if you are gonna go watch the Southern Utah when they're in Missoula, go watch them warm up. Mm. They first of all, they always have high flyers, so there's gonna be a ton of dunks. The just the swagger that they carry themselves with is so entertaining. Yeah, I was talking to Bryson Lester, who's sports information director at Southern Utah. Uh, he's the one who facilitated Todd Simon on our show yesterday. He said, "Hey, let me know if you need anything else throughout the weekend or throughout the year." I said, "Hey, hey, you know, I'm just going to put the bug in your ear. I want John Knight the third on the show." I said, I, "I've seen this guy play hoops. I've seen him. I've seen him talk some smack." And he said, "Oh, he's the funniest dude I've ever been around." He said, hey, "We'll get him on the show. You just we'll just have to tell him beforehand. You know, got to keep the language clean." But other than that, he's. I mean, I the, the, one of the things I love about college sports is getting to know and observe guys from completely different areas of not only the country but the world. Yeah. I've never really been around guys from Mississippi. He's from Jackson, Mississippi. What an experience for him to go to Utah and then live in Cedar City. Yeah. But to me, though, to answer your question, that's the key matchup, though, because if you let John Knight get going, he'll kill you. I mean, he had 19 points and 10 assists against Loyola Marymount. He was driving. He was dishing. He was playing above the rim. So... Where does Montana get that from? Because as we know, the backcourt is still uh, an ever-evolving thing. I mean, Eddie Egan got his first start against USC, yeah. but he only played 11 minutes. Cam Parker was in there playing the one, but then he kind of struggled with some foul trouble and struggled with knocking down some shots. How does Cam Satterwhite fit in? Can he knock down some shots? Is Josh Vasquez ready to be a bench guy? Because he was so much of a part of the starting lineup last year. Do they play Kyle Owens in the backcourt instead of up in the front court? There's just so many moving pieces for Montana. And if you're trying to experiment to find who's in the rhythm in this game, 
all of a sudden you might look up at the scoreboard down 15. You can't let John Nike go in because he will, he'll rip you apart if you let him get going early. It is, it is such an interesting, um, you know, feel that, Coach DeCure and his staff are going to have to have in both putting together the starting lineup, but really more than that, just managing the minutes. I haven't, I, I don't know of a team um, in recent memory with the Grizzlies where who who actually started the the game mattered less than with this team right here on the front end of this season. Right. Eddie Egan gets his first start. Congratulations to him. He also played the least amount of minutes of anybody who got, you know, more than w- one or two. Right. Uh, in in terms of the actual rotation guys, he played the least of anybody. The guys who played the most, two freshmen, right? right. Both two, the, the, the two youngest kids, one off the bench, 34, 35 minutes. Those sure. are the only two guys who played big minutes right. like that right. were both freshmen. So it's you, so, you sit here and you go, where are you at? Now, again, some of that could be just game flow. A couple of players... Uh, 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 you know, Derek Carter, Hollinger, Michael Stedman in foul trouble. That obviously influences then, you know, what it what it turns out to be on paper when it's all said and done. But uh, I, that to me, when I look at Montana, that's the thing that I'm actually most interested in tonight. I mean, I, I want to see how they play. I want to see who looks good. But, you know, some guys are going to play really good tonight and other guys are probably going to, you know, have have tougher nights. That's the way basketball is. I'm not going to sit here and draw any overbearing conclusions. Now, I am looking forward to seeing some guys who I really haven't seen play. You know, obviously the freshmen, uh, particularly Michael Stedman as well, uh, and, and a couple of the transfers, and see just what they look like, how they move, what their physical traits are, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really exciting and you can draw stuff from that. But just because a kid goes, 0 of 10 from beyond the arc or 10 of 10 from beyond the arc. I'm not going to sit here and and go, you know, well, you know, say anything other than great or not great tomorrow, you know? The USC game was so atypical of what Travis Secure usually likes to do. His rotations are usually so tight. That's right. If you were a a connoisseur of of in-game coaching, Travis Secure is a a beautiful coach to watch because – he, he's so systematic. He always has a plan. It's not the, a lot. A lot of coaches let the emotion of the moment overcome them, and sometimes they're uh, knee jerk in the way that they make their substitutions, the way they call their timeouts. Travis DeCure is so uh, pointed in his execution of the way he manages within a game. Mm-hmm. That's why it was so crazy to see ten guys enter the game within the first six minutes against USC. Again, part of it was foul trouble, but also they were just trying to find. Somebody that was ready a, to go and in, able in, to, in a rhythm. Yeah. Coach Shakir, after the game, he said, I think that the large rotation was part of the problem. I think that's part of what made it tough for us to get going. I tightened up in the second half and gave guys longer stretches, and I think that allowed us to get going a little bit more. Typically, by now, we would have had two closed-door scrimmages and a couple of exhibition games, and we would have had a better feel for who we are and where we're at and what we can accomplish on both sides of the ball. This is going to be a work in progress moving forward. So um, I think that having one game under your belt against somebody else it's USC so it's a little bit of a more extrapolated evaluation but I think Travis Secure will have a little bit better idea of what he wants to do he's also playing a familiar opponent which I actually think helps the Grizz right now the scout's not as complicated Southern Utah actually has a a glut of returners so they know uh, the Grizz players know what to expect but for people out there watching I think that the number one thing that you'll find appealing about this game and maybe surprising about this game is that Pretty much every time Montana takes the court in the Big Sky Conference, when you watch them against the other team, you're like, well, man, there's no there's no question which team has the athleticism advantage. Montana is the superior team athleticism-wise. They are they're, they're head and shoulders better than almost everybody in the league. The only teams that really ever match up with Montana 
are Sacramento State sometimes. Brian Katz has had some teams that have had some, some really great, especially big athletes like Justin Strings and Josh Patton and guys like that. But Southern Utah, man, Southern Utah is the one team that can match Montana athletically. And that's why I think these games get so close. And you, you asked Todd Simon a great question yesterday. You said, Coach, why does your team always rise to the occasion against the Grizzlies? And, he, and Todd Simon said, well, they're the team in the league that we respect the most. Read between the lines, though. Southern Utah, you and I have talked about this for three years now. Southern Utah does not have a talent problem. They never have had a talent problem. Mm-hmm. They... They have a newness problem every year, it seems. <laughs> they like. have so many transfers, but they don't yeah. have that this year. That's they right. do have four key returners in their starting lineup. But also, it seems as if Southern Utah plays their best when they're playing the best teams. Mm-hmm. That's what makes them scary. They're not going to have an effort issue tonight in Cedar City. They're going to be ready to roll. So Montana better be ready to roll as well. Uh, for what it's worth, again, just to revisit the Grizzlies against USC, Brandon Whitney. True freshman was the leading scorer for Montana at 17 points, 410 shooting, eight of nine from the free throw line. So was able to, to drive, get contact, get to the line, and then cash it in. And then Josh Bannon, another first year player, 13 points. So those, you have 30 between those two guys. It was Kyle Owens who led the way for anybody returning, and he was the only other guy in double digits. Everybody after him, seven, seven points, five points, and on down the line. And one, one note uh, worth mentioning here, too, is that, um, this freshman class is a very heralded freshman class. We've heard a lot leading up to the year about how impressed they've been with Josh Bannon, how skilled he is uh, offensively in, in every element of offensive basketball. Brandon Whitney's a gamer. I loved his film coming out of high school. He goes. He went toe to toe. I mean, those those Southern California leagues that him and Robbie Beasley were both playing in, they're going toe to toe with some of the best recruits in the in the country, mm-hmm. but. Entering USC, it was Robbie Beasley that was expected to be the freshman guard that stepped up. All the credit goes to Brandon Whitney. He was one of the great debuts by a Montana guard in the history of the program. Yep. 17 points, I think, is one of the better totals by a, a rookie in their first game as a Grizz. But Robbie Beasley was the gem. Robbie Beasley's the guy that was the three-star recruit that was getting a ton of Mountain West interest. He was hurt. He was not, yeah, he was in street clothes. He was in street clothes, yep. but that the street clothes. There was no indication what the injury was, but that's a to me that's a good thing because it wasn't a COVID issue, right? Because he was there, he traveled. Yeah. So now where does he fit in the mix as well? I just think we're going to have this log jam at the guard spot for a little while with the Grizz, but it's going to be so interesting that on one hand I think the familiarity with Southern Utah right now is good for the Grizz. On the other hand, though, you can't be screwing around with your rotations if you're just seeing who's ready to play in the bright lights when you're playing a Power Five. Okay. You know, maybe you fall behind early, but then you can really use it as a way to test your guys. This is conference play. You got to be ready to roll. Yeah, you do. And so, can you really afford to experiment with your rotations tonight? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how how long it takes to cure to get it locked in. The Grizzlies ended up losing to USC by fourteen. Uh, just for comparative purposes, USC beat BYU on Tuesday, seventy nine fifty three. That's a twenty six point uh, margin. Beating BYU is a very good team. Now, let's, let's be real. It was what was it thirty four to eight at the beginning of that game? You know, thirteen minutes into it, the USA got 30, 30, for the Grizzlies, thirty two to eight. Thirty two yeah. to eight. Uh, so you know, if if USC, no question, Montana played better, put the brakes on defensively, and worked their way back into that game. Also, you know, if uh, if every player on USC was getting a million bucks, if they beat, if you know, if they won by fifty, they may have come close to doing that. Uh, 
Maybe not, actually, too, to be, to be frank about it. I mean, that had a 50s a lot, and uh, Montana played much better. Point being, sometimes you get ahead way ahead early, and then you kind of cruise through. This will be, obviously, a much more like-like game tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. Last question about this, Coulter. We got this game tonight. We turn around. Noon, Saturday. Yeah. Same game, same place. Uh, I, I like this. You know, I, I first of all, I think it's the right move by the league for all of the reasons that are obvious. Financial, time, COVID, all of it. I think this makes a ton of sense. So this is well, well thought through in my opinion. That said, I also love the anomaly of this one time for one season to see what a, uh, all these series of mini series yep. end up being and you know some of the emotion that may be residual from from just you know a day and a half prior and now you got to go back out and do it again and particularly this one i mean this is not you, you don't often think of southern utah as kind of the hot matchup with the grizzlies obviously uh but if you if you just look at it in a vacuum and take away the team name from it and the games that were played a year ago last couple of years what southern utah has been in the postseason this is a this is a pretty uh uh interesting and I think a very compelling matchup these two could have and to have it two twice back to back I think we could see some fireworks well and the dynamic like that you're addressing though too is, is so f- interesting to me because if uh let's, let's let's take some other teams for example Portland State which by the way Barrett Perry Portland State head coach joining us here in about five minutes yep. or I guess about eight minutes regardless Portland State, Call it seven. Portland State loves the full court press right Sure. So if you're playing Portland State back-to-back, you're going to go in with a plan against the press. And if it works, you probably re-employ it, but they probably make an adjustment. On the other hand, though, if it doesn't work, you go back to the drawing board Friday night and say, hey, we're going to try this against the press. You're playing Sac State. They're, they're going to play you know, their, their pack-it-in type zone. What are we going to do to adjust? Whereas because there's not this schematic emphasis with the way that Southern Utah operates, particularly defensively, to me – the adjustments are almost not, I don't, I'm not going to say non-existent, but this is just going to be a, whoever wins the first one, great, run it back, play harder, be tougher, rise to the occasion, don't wilt in the moment. And that's where the rotations are going to be so interesting as well, because I think Dakir, he does have to experiment a little bit, game one. Game two, though, you know who came to play, who didn't. I think that the playing time is going to be determined, bam, who who played like I wanted him to play on Thursday. Who That's did right. it? And here you go. Here's the last question for you. Easy. Is this a split or a sweep? And I'm not saying which team is sweeping. I'm just asking you, are we going to see a sweep one way or another, or are we going to see one-on-one? I think it's going to be a split. Yeah. I, I think Montana. I think Southern Utah is going to win tonight. Yeah. Because I think I think that. Montana, I think the matchup in the backcourt is going to be really tough for Montana to handle early. But I think exactly what we just said, though, is going to come around, though. DeCure will know who's ready and who's not, who can step in front of John Knight. Yeah. Who, who's going to dog him? Who's who? Because John Knight is a dog. You, you got to be ready. And so I think they'll know, though, round two. And I just I can't imagine the Grizz are not going to come away from this road trip with an 0 for 2. And let's be frank. I. I voted Southern Utah third in my preseason poll. Yep. If you go on the road to Cedar City and split, that's a good weekend if you're the Grizz. Um, for what it's worth, Southern Utah is one and one coming into this game. They uh, 
dominated a Division II opponent in their first game and then lost a very close game. I believe it was Loyola Marymount. Yeah, they lost at the buzzer. At the buzzer. At the horn. Good a good ball club, Loyola Marymount. West Coast Conference School so, in L.A. You know, this is a good team, too, uh, that has, I won't say more continuity because how do we know, but they have more returners that have played in the system before than does, does Montana. So, And they got one additional game under their belt, uh, albeit against the Division II team for whatever that's worth. Looking forward to it, 7 o'clock. Quick break on the other side. We stay with Big Sky Conference men's basketball. Barrett Peary, the head coach of the Portland State men's team, going to join us uh, right after this. Hey, what if there was a place where you could walk in, get physical therapy, pay a flat fee, and feel better? Well, guess what? There is. Physio Trek, Missoula's only walk-in physical therapy office. Physio Trek offers physical therapy on your time with a flat fee so you can feel better faster. No need for referrals for insurance. You just go to physiotrek.com. That's P-H-Y-S-I-O-T-R-E-K-K.com. Book your appointment and feel better. You know you've been wanting to try dry needling to see if some more specific stretches perhaps would help? Well, you can do that now at Physiotrek. Visit physiotrek.com and book an in-clinic or telehealth appointment today Physiotrek again, P H Y S I O T R E K K, physiotrek.com. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuwana Say You Can't Go See Wolf Mother in Missoula. But by God, you're going to listen to him in Missoula. As long as we have anything to say about it for crying out loud. How are you? Good to be with all of you. Thanks for joining us here on the big show at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. Thrilled to be with you on this Thursday evening. And despite the Lady Grizz not playing basketball tonight, the men are. And we couldn't be happier to uh, welcome in. Uh, the uh, Big Sky Conference season, which is beginning tonight early, in fact, as it turns out for scheduling purposes. And to stick with the theme, we are happy now to go to the Rankage Brothers RV full line and welcome in the head coach of Portland State, Barrett Peary. Barrett Peary, the head men's basketball coach there at PSU. And uh, welcoming you back to the show, Coach. Thanks for so much for being with us. Uh, once again, we appreciate it very much. And I'll tell you, I know that every coach in America has had a lot of struggles in this offseason and this season and getting ready for the year. And everybody's justified in some of the frustrations. But perhaps nobody more than yourself when it comes to what you have <laughs> not been able to do in this offseason. Give us a little lay of what this has been like to be in an urban center in Oregon trying to trying to do something basketball wise this past number of months shoot well we just started we just we just right. didn't started I can't believe uh, your, your guys have a game tonight shoot we've been practicing for a week so 
Um, yeah, we, you know, we never really had the opportunity to get the guys back in the summertime because they were kind of always better off being at home, being able to work out and things like that because our city was being so strict and our state was being so strict as far as what we were allowed to do. So we brought the guys back even after school started. We brought the guys back on October 5th. We quarantined them for a couple weeks. We got them back in the weight room uh, that first week when they got off of that. And then uh, we were allowed to do some 5 on all for a couple weeks on the court. Our governor put a freeze on everything here in the city again. And we were still working on our exemption to be allowed to play and practice 5 And so we took a week off. And then, what, the night before Thanksgiving, a week ago, uh, we finally got our exemption to just practice normally. We've had five or six practices, and uh, we're going to play uh, at Portland on Saturday night. You know, last week we were supposed to get up at Washington in an MTE with them but before we even, you know, had a chance to cancel on them. San Diego and Fullerton had canceled on them as far as having COVID cases, and then uh, we just had to put that on the back burner. So our first look is going to be this Saturday in a couple of days, but we're still in the same boat. guys aren't even sick about crap yet, so it, it's uh, it's pretty wild. You know, I was telling the staff today that, you know, Southern Utah Montana are playing tonight, and, and they're going to have four games under their belt, two league games under their belt before we even play the game. So we, uh, we're, just, we're, just, we're on a different spot. Coach Perry, hey, Coulter Nuanas, thanks so much for jumping on with us. And I'm sorry that you guys have had to go through – what you've had to go through, but is is there any way to to replicate or any way to make up for lost time? Given given what you guys have lost, I mean, is there individual skill stuff the guys can do to, to try to you know maybe at least compensate for some of the time you guys have missed practicing together as a team? Yeah, you know, and that was more just hoping that we were getting things done while they were away from us, and then when we finally got them back, getting them on the floor little by little. But you know what hurt us is we got back going a little bit five on zero as a team and doing some things and some drills and some shooting and all those things. But then, but then the governor put a freeze on, you know, about 10 days or two weeks ago. And so we lost another week with that. So it's really been up and down just as far as having some consistency to be able to play, but we'll get there. We have a good group. I like our group a lot. I think we have a fantastic roster and, um, and you know, I think good things will happen as long as we can have some consistency and being able to play each day. Well, that's an interesting fold, right, is is that you have so many newcomers. I believe that I read in the prospectus coming up into the season, no returning starters, but you brought in a ton of talent. So how elusive is that element, just forming chemistry with the guys and having them you know, get to know each other and learn how to play together? You know, mentally that's probably been the toughest for me is I, I think we pride ourselves on the fact that we do a pretty good job in the offseason, not only with skill development, but with spending time with the guys and getting to know them and getting to know who who we have and what they're all about and besides basketball, you know, and I think we really did a good job recruiting. I think we have very good talent. I think this is the best roster we've had. And um, I think we've had some good players, but I think as far as our depth and our roster, this is our best best one. But um, we're just in a different spot on, on knowing our team and knowing what we have and what it's all about. But, you know, we got four or five really good transfers from good places and guys that have proven themselves at high levels. And so, uh, I like our talent. I like the guys that we have returning as well as some, some freshmen. And like I said, those transfers, we have we have good experience. We just don't have very good experience with each other. <laughs> Barrett Peary joining us. He's the head coach of the Portland State men's basketball team. They open up against the Portland Pilots on Saturday, their first game of the season. Now, I, is there a silver lining there? I mean, i got to believe that Portland 
has gone through some of the same issues that you've gone through in virtue of being in the same town. Have you and Coach Porter, you know, talked about that? And is there something of a, uh, you know, maybe some equality there in that in this matchup and being the first one for you? You know, they they got their exemption a, a lot sooner than we did, and so they were able to get going a little bit better. They also left the state a little bit and went and practiced and and did some things that way to get themselves going while they were waiting for the exemption. And then they, they played three games last week, and so I think they're ahead when it comes to that. But, yeah, we, we commiserated a little bit, especially in the middle of the summer, um, as far as trying to figure out how we were going to navigate this and get the guys back and getting them going. Now, let me ask you this. Is this the Terry Porter special? I mean, he runs the town, so does he get these – he knows people so he can get exemptions that other people aren't getting and move people out of the state and that kind of thing? Is this, this seems unfair, right? Uh, I think the best thing he had going for him is he was in a private school and he didn't need the state funding like we did, so we didn't <laughs> right. want to piss anybody off. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Hey, since I'm not doing Portland radio right now, I'll just go ahead and tell you the right. truth. Hey, man, this is what we're here deal. for. This is where we, we, we want to get to the brass tacks for crying out loud. They, uh, let's let's be honest. It was it was a lot easier to be ballsy when you're a private institution and you don't want to. You're not as worried about pissing off the governor. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Well, coach, you mentioned some of the talent you brought in. I know one of the biggest stories of the off season was the departure of Holland Woods. He uh, he ended up transferring to Arizona State. Uh, but how are you doing in terms of that? part of, of uh, replacing him because I know you you know a lot of times guards are really essential to what you guys do uh, so how are guys picking up your system you run a unique system and how's the backcourt coming along in terms of replacing a first team all big sky guy like boo boo yeah you know we hated to lose boo boo but he had a lot he had some personal things going on and then when COVID happened and he was home for that long period of time um, that was a good opportunity for him, and, and he and I were, were are very close, and that, that was the best deal for him, especially with what he had going on with his family. And we wish him all the best. You know, we in recruiting, you know, we were able to get for that spot. We, we had signed a really good high school kid. We had a kid registering, and then we also signed Elijah Hardy, who was playing point guard up at Washington the last couple of years um, from the Bay Area. So I think we're good in that spot. I really like our spot, our point guard spot a lot with that. I think we got guys that can play and that can really fit us. You know, on the wings, we got a transfer from the University of Utah and a transfer from Temple, guys that have really proven themselves and score the ball. Um, we got a couple other transfers from Pacific and from Arizona State. So I like our talent a lot. I think we have good length and athleticism. And, again, I, we, have, we have kids that are really experienced in college basketball. So – I'm not nervous about, you know, guys going into situations where they haven't been there and done that. Um, our biggest thing is just to get to know each other as best as we can, as quick as we can. And that sounds kind of corny because you never really go through that because in today's day and age, they let you do so much in the off season with guys normally in a normal summer. That's not something that you're worried about, but this year, you know, just getting to know the guys and know what they're made of and what they're all about, you know, day in and day out. That's kind of the biggest challenge I have right now. But our talent's good. I really like our talent. Coach, I, I want to ask you about your orientation to this season. I'm not trying to give you now, but I, I really want to know, with this being a zero year in terms of eligibility and a bunch of new guys, a bunch of great talent, and again, who knows, you know, any guy might, you know, leave or whatever at the end of the season for everybody, but – do you look at this season, I know you want to compete and win, but do you look at this season as almost a prep year for next year? Or how do you approach going through this season, especially with all the obstacles that you've had more than most? 
You know, yeah, I think so. It's funny. I was talking to one of our seniors' dads last night. You know, we were talking about some things, and we, we were talking about his son and just the fact is, like, you know, this is his senior year, but guess what? He could come back next year. Right. And, you know, I kind of told all the guys, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Let's just let's just worry about this year and, and work hard on being good this year. But selfishly speaking, uh, you know, I could say, gosh, if we can get these guys to come back for another year and actually have a normal summer and, and, and have this experience with each other this year, we'd really have a fun team. So um, we're pretty optimistic that we can become something good uh, through all of this. And probably like, probably like uh, Travis and Coach Petrino have told you guys locally, I think it's such a day-to-day operation right now. It's just so incredible where it's like, okay, we passed our test today. Okay, now we're allowed to practice. Okay, today was a good day, you know, and um, I think that's how we're all just, all we're, we're all living, you know, in in the uh, intro to your show, I was listening and you guys were saying, you know, Southern Utah women's had failed the test, so there was no game, but both men's teams had passed their test, so there was a game, and it sounds so crazy to even listen to people say that, but that's exactly where we're at. You know, we're dying to pass a test tomorrow morning so we can be allowed to play on Saturday across town, right? which is crazy. Right. Well, Coach, uh, best of luck on your test tomorrow so that you can have a test, a real <laughs> test, on Saturday and uh, continue. I'm telling song- you what, I've been nervous for a lot of academic tests over the years, and I'm always nervous passing the NCAA test. I'm way more nervous for all these tests than any of those over the years. But. No doubt. I mean, that's the entry fee to the game for crying out loud at this point. Well, hey, we, oh. we appreciate you being with us uh, always. And, and once again here, we wish you the best on Saturday. and can't wait you know, for this season, which is happening, and, uh, and look forward to, yep. to seeing your team and, 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 a, and a new look for the Vikings over there. Thanks so much, Coach. Appreciate you guys always. All the best. Barrett Peary, boys and girls, head coach of the Portland State men's basketball team. Uh, always good to catch up with him and uh, and and hear what's going on. I'll tell you what, man, they 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 build this beautiful. I mean, this is the best basketball facility in the Big Sky, isn't it? The the the, the Portland State facility right now. I mean, Montana has probably I think the biggest and and best. Well, well we were saying it was the biggest. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's like 12. But like, you know, the atmosphere there is great and this same thing at Weber State is mm-hmm. great. But uh, you know, these facilities, the renovation at Dahlberg happened when? Oh, it's been a while. Before I was in 20 in college, years, yeah. right? It was 15? when Don Hulse was the coach. So late, late 90s, yeah, early so 2000s. Tw- 20 years. And and by the way, Dahlberg is one of the absolute to this moment outstanding, uh, uh, you know, low major facilities for basketball in the country, period. Same thing at Weber State. But you got this brand new beautiful gym not nearly as big but perfect for what it is in downtown portland multi uh you know purpose facility and uh and you know they there's a lot to like about portland state right now and what they got going what they have access to obviously normally where they're located is a tick in the box of one of the major benefits for them especially when it comes to basketball Except this year, where it's one of the major demerits because of what they haven't been able to do, unbelievable. So uh, we'll uh, we'll keep track, obviously, of of Portland State and hope that they can at least play and and get a game in for crying out loud on uh, on Saturday against Portland. We'll take a quick break on the other side. The Seahawks have potentially an additional wide receiver for the last two weeks of the season. You know who he is. We'll tell you who, and will he actually be a help after this? 
Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. What if the Seahawks added another wide receiver to the playoff run? Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. At Gus Tutel here, at Colton Nuanas over there, also at Skyline Sports MT, and at 1029 ESPN. If you want to follow along at the station, feel free to do that. Great to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Uh, boys and girls, as it looks right now, Josh Gordon will be reinstated to the NFL. He is currently a. Uh, under contract with the Seattle Seahawks for the final two games of the regular season and beyond. Uh, Anybody who's followed the NFL at all is well aware of Josh Gordon's uh, just in and out of suspension and continued issues uh, with substance abuse, uh, as well as uh, some PEDs uh, most recently. He's been out of the league since the most recent indefinite suspension, which was what, like middle of the season, I think it was six games into last year, and have lasted through this entire season and will last through week 14. Uh, he is allowed to uh, work out now at the team facility uh, to uh, train, lift weights, etc. He is not yet allowed to practice with the team, uh, not allowed to travel with the team, etc. Now, Josh Gordon was picked up by the Seattle Seahawks after he was uh, waived uh, was injured and waived by New England. He played in six games for Seattle, and I believe in those six games had 174 receiving yards. Here's the thing. Josh Gordon was, um, if not the, one of the most talented wide receivers in the sport for about a year with the Cleveland Browns. 2013, led the NFL, 1,646 yards, averaged almost 19 yards per catch. 87 catches, 1,646 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, 117 yards per and game. who was throwing him the ball in Cleveland? Oh, man. Who was even the... Nobody. Yeah, I mean... I mean, th- this is the thing. He did it when, I mean, just on his own. And his talent is, is without, uh, you know, without question... He's now 29 years old, so he's still not even, you know, that old, relatively speaking. But Jason Campbell and Brandon Whedon, the starters for the Cleveland Browns. 
you cannot now now first of all all to a person you are people who've talked about worked with played with been around josh gordon have said this is uh, a a great person who has a real problem that he that he just has to be has to get right has to get figured out and he at times has been able to do that and then every time to this point has not been able to continue keeping it right um I don't know how long he has been monitored by the league to see kind of where he's at or whatever. I don't know the impetus for the reinstatement at this time. Uh, And so I'm not going to sit here and make any commentary on whether it's right or wrong, whatever. I don't know. I'm going to talk about this strictly from a football standpoint, and that is this. Him coming back, I don't think it's all that impactful. I just don't think like it's interesting and maybe he's a guy who can, you know, be like a, a an interesting sort of possession guy or maybe a guy that the other team has to account for in some way. But if you think all of a sudden you got DK Metcalf 2.0 like you did in 2013 standing there on the other side, you don't. You don't. He He, he has not played enough football. He is older. And, and by the way, this is not just me presuming the last time he's been on the field. He was not the Josh Gordon that we saw prior to. Uh, and so I I wish him the best, obviously, first and foremost, personally and also professionally. Uh, and and the, C, the Seahawks have seen it to be in their interest to continue to keep him under contract, even though he's not been available. I don't know that they've had any financial uh, you know, responsibility there whatsoever, but at least have continued to keep a tie to him in, in the event that something like this would happen, which it now has. So they have seen, you know, seen it worthwhile. But I also think that the Seattle Seahawks and Josh Schneider in particular, the team that is willing to swing the hardest for everything. I mean, you talk about getting Marshawn Lynch. This is a team that brought in Jerry Rice after he played for Oakland, people. Yeah. Not for San Francisco. For Oakland, they bring in Jerry Rice. They tried to get Randy Moss to come back to this football or to come back to come back to the sport and play for them. They they absolutely go out and they get Davion Clowney a year ago. They make as big a splash as they possibly can to see you know, what will work. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. I don't have high expectations of this. I think if he comes in and he plays at all and continues through the end of the season and there's no issue whatsoever, that's a huge win in, in my mind. Whether it benefits the Seattle Seahawks, I I don't hold out a ton of hope for. I mean, on one hand, Josh Gordon's still only 29 years old. On right. the other hand, he hasn't been really all that impactful in the NFL in quite some time. And so I, I don't really, I, I agree with you. I don't really think this has a, a huge impact, but he is still more talented than I guarantee you. He's more talented than a couple guys they got on their active roster. So I you mean, put him on the team and, and, you know, maybe he's your fourth receiver. He's better than their current fourth receiver. I bet yeah. he's not as good as Tyler Lock. He's not as good as DK Metcalf, but that doesn't mean he's not good enough to, do something to yeah. contribute in some sure. form or fashion. The, the the article Sports Illustrated did about Josh Gordon, oh, it was probably two years ago now. Uh, it, w- it was really hard to read, and it was chilling. And uh, 
you know, there's there's just some people that like the old the saying goes, you can never you can never get help unless you want to get help. Only you can help yourself because you have to want to be helped. And even in reading that story, it just seemed to me that Josh Gordon was so tortured by something, mm-hmm. something within him, that I just don't know how he's ever going to find peace. Because it yeah. didn't seem as if, it's not as if he can never find sobriety, it just seemed as if he would never find inner mm-hmm. solace. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's just a very tortured person. I don't know why. I don't know where that comes from. But um, you just want, sometimes you wonder if, if just some people just weren't made to be in the spotlight. And you just wonder if the, every time he comes back to the league, if it's just another trigger for him to go down the wrong road. I hope not. I wish him the best. But uh, it's a saga, and it's been a saga for a really long time. No question. Sutel Nuanas, hour number one in the books. want to remind you right now, tomorrow we are giving away a knife. But not just any knife. We've been telling you about this. This is a William Henry pocket knife, a hand-carved silver and turquoise handle, hand-forged Damascus steel. Uh, If you're looking at the camera at home, i got a picture of one. This isn't the one we're giving away. I can't show you the one we're giving away. It's up at the website if you want to take a look at it. Uh, There's not a picture of the one we're giving away because every single one of these that gets made is a once-off product. You don't get these at your local hunting and outfitting stores. No, no. This is down at the jewelry shop. That's where you go for this. It's a collector's item. Certainly a knife. Certainly as sharp as a knife can possibly be. I'll tell you that. But uh, also a, a, a very nice collector's piece. I'll tell you, it retails for over $2,800. I mean, a very, very valuable item. And we're giving it away tomorrow. All you got to do Go to the website, 1029ESPN.com. You'll see the link there. You click on it. Tell us who's going to win the Super Bowl, who's going to win the Super Bowl, and one word about why they're going to win the Super Bowl. Okay? It's a little bit of a challenge. Tell us in one word why. But go ahead. Now, we're going to go through these. Excited about this. Uh, This has nothing to do, obviously, with who's actually going to win the Super Bowl or who we think. You know, you can pick the Jets if you want to. But if your word is good enough, this might be yours. So I'm not saying, uh, you know, it has nothing to do with the competitiveness or anything like that. It's just something fun to do that we thought would be simple. We want to make it easy for you to get things. That's what we're here to do. So we will uh, we'll give you that, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to giving that to you tomorrow. We'll also have an announcement for you tomorrow. It'll be fun to do, and we will also have a uh, uh, a few more things. Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, going to be on with us tomorrow. we got a bunch of stuff to get to. Mike Dugar, perhaps, as well. The Seattle Seahawks are back on a regular Sunday schedule. They haven't been anywhere from Thursday to Monday, and now we're back onto a normal Sunday deal with the Seattle Seahawks. So we'll get into all that stuff. That said, hour number one in the books. Hour two, speaking of the NFL, no Thursday night game tonight. They play on Wednesday, not Thursday. Okay, that's fine. We're still going to do some picks against the spread and highlight what's going on out there next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.